welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today we want to spend a little bit of time talking about prophets and prophecy. This is, uh, can be a hot button issue and it is widely debated among the church. Some people saying that God still sends prophets to this day. One of the churches in our town just held a prophet come in. And I remember when I was out west and uh, the church I attended uh, used to have some charismatic leanings and there was a traveling prophet and they invited him back another time and the pastor said, hey, we're going to bring this prophet in. I want your actual evaluation of the guy. So I go into church. Ordinarily, if the church is like, we're going to have so-and-so prophet in, I'd be like, let's, let's go somewhere else tonight. But I go in there and I sit there and I look at this shyster who is, um, he's not a prophet, He's good at reading people. He's like a TV psychic, you know. He, he can just throw out vague generalities and read people's minds. I remember this, this prophet, this guy sitting on the front row of the church. I, pardon, I've told this story before, but this guy sitting on the front row of the church. And um, he was an ex-con, covered head to toe in tattoos. He looked like an ex-con. I mean... He just had that look about him, but he's sitting on the front row of the church and he's playing drums and whatever else. And so the prophet, when he gets to, of course, he's selling his he's selling his CDs and music and taking up an offering. So it's all it's all just uh, it's all grift, really. And so he's he gets to his prophecy portion. He points this guy out, and says, "You've had a hard life, and then you've turned yourself around, and God is very proud of you, and you're going to do great things for God." It's like, okay, how hard is it for you to put together that he's had a hard life? He's covered head to toe in tattoos and looks like an ex-con, okay? This is not even... Another kid, this little, like, five, six-year-old boy at the time there, he's sitting there coloring the whole time. You're very creative and all this. It's like, how'd you put that together? The fact he's coloring the whole day? And so he talked to, like, five or six different people, and it was all just a bunch of shysterism. And I gave the, the pastor my honest thoughts, and the prophet was never invited back. Uh, the pastor was really looking at this stuff going, I don't even know if this stuff is biblical, but it's something that the church was doing at one point in time. And so we start to see a lot of these things showing up in the Christian circles. And there is definitely some scripture that many people will look at. So we're going to look at a couple of these here. The first one we're going to look at is Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 to 16. Now you have to understand we're talking here about spiritual gifts. So he writes here in uh, 11 to 16, he gave them the prophet, the, the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by everyone of doctrine by human cunning by the craftiness of deceitful schemes rather speaking the truth well, we'll stop there we'll stop there at 14 and so with this what we're looking at is administration of spiritual gifts for the purpose of building up the church so we're talking here about he gives apostles so different people have different opinions different ideas as to what happens to um, what happens to mean by each of these individual points and so and if you look at any of the different uh, spiritual gift curricula what you will find is different people have different definitions for these so apostles, uh, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. So uh, an apostle, in the time of Christ, an apostle is a person specifically appointed by Jesus for the building, like the beginning foundation of the church. You had 12 apostles and you had no more. 
And so some people are going to look at this passage of Scripture and say, well, that's all for the past. You can look at a modern interpretation, say an apostle would be a person who might take the gospel for the first time into an area. Not an apostle like Peter, James, and John, but an apostle, the first person who happens to bring the gospel into a particular world. So that's how many people will have look at that and, and how that is defined. It talks about the prophets. This is a little bit more difficult to deal with. Some people say that the prophecy would be the ability to understand the scripture and put it together with the culture. I have this ability to spot all the nonsense going around and align it with the scripture. A lot of this is because how much of the scripture I know from reading it so many times. So some people will say that that would be an old thing that doesn't happen anymore. And then we have, uh, and if you take that viewpoint to its extreme and say, well, there are no prophets, there are no apostles. Well, how do you deal with the fact that he talks now about evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, basically pastors, some people would interpret that particular word. You can't pick and choose. And when you start fo focusing and finding aberrations of doctrine, you find picking and choosing. Well, there are no prophets and apostles anymore, but we do still have teachers and pastors and evangelists. I mean, it's the same thing. Um, people who will uh, subscribe completely to the pre-tribulation rapture, they look at one verse in like Revelation 3 and like, see, God will preserve them and not allow them to endure suffering. Well, how do you explain the other churches that all endure suffering? Okay. It, it just, it's an inconsistency. And so we see the administration of gifts, and we have to stop and question and understand. What is a prophet as defined in the time of pre-Christ, in the time of Christ, and the time after Christ? These are specific questions. Do we have prophets like Elijah, John the Baptist, um, Isaiah roaming around giving us new revelation from God? Absolutely not. The canon is closed on this matter. Now, some people, to talk about this even further, to complicate the matter even more, let's go ahead and have a look at some verses from 1 Corinthians, because these also get a little bit weird and shady. So we're going to look at the, the bottom of chapter 12 and into chapter 13, which is an interesting telling part. So 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and 29, we find a very similar portion here. It says, God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrations in various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. So we'll pause there for a second. And looking at what's going on right here, we see that God has appointed different people in different administrations of different things, different functions to make the body of Christ work. He talks earlier in the chapter, in the book of 1 Corinthians about the, the unified body. The hand has its role. The head has its role. The eye has its role. Every portion of the body has its role. And you may not think much about your hands until you're using power tools and you cut off a finger. You cut off your finger and then you have a very good reminder of how useful that portion of your body is. Well, it's the same way with the church. There's different elements. Now, does God speak through prophets? I would wager the answer would be no. And 
if you're defining a prophet as a person who comes down and gives us new revelation, new speaking from God that is applicable to the entirety of the church, no. But can God use a prophecy? Can a person experience a prophecy that is deeply edifying to them, driving them to the word of God? The answer is yes. And I've experienced one of these. I'm not going to expound on it now being late in the time, but I have a section on my upcoming book about this and I'll have more information about that, about that book soon. But in that book, I talk about the time where I have experienced something that would have no other definition but a form of prophecy. It was not for the whole church. It was for the specific edification of a few believers for the purpose of driving people back into the Word of God and back with a deeper relationship with Christ. But it wasn't some, whoa, God spoke to me like the prophet Isaiah and I need to now go confront the president of the United States and uh, tell him how much of a sinner he is and uh, that we need to change the nation. While some of that may be true that we are this horribly wretched sinful nation, probably under God's judgment, as people like MacArthur have said, uh, we are already under God's judgment and I kind of agree with him at that point in time. Are we sent as prophets to run out and to do that? And the answer to that is no. So this is the complicated thing. The problem is you have some charismatic groups that look so far for prophecies and for other uh, miracles and other spiritual things that when something on the border of spiritual happens, they never stop and evaluate it. Remember that also in 1 Corinthians, Paul says even the... Even the, the um, the fallen angels, the demons can masquerade as angels of light. Satan can masquerade as angels of light. Therefore, you have to test, test the words that you receive. Now, there's a portion that some people look at to say God doesn't use prophecies at all in any way, shape, or form. The only thing we have left is the Bible, and that is in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 8 through 12. So we're going to look at that section now. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in the mirror dimly... Uh, or through a glass darkly, as the old King James would say, but then face to face. Now I know then, uh, then I shall know fully, um, and even then I have been fully known. So what people will say is there are no more prophets, there are no more apostles, God doesn't even work that way anymore. And that is an extreme of dispensationalism. Do I agree in dispensationalism? Absolutely. We don't still sacrifice cows on an altar. That's a dispensation. Christ coming, as we just talked about in the whole book of Hebrew, we finished the whole study on Hebrews. You can find the whole study on Hebrews. It's through 20 different lectures uh, through the entire book of Hebrews. There is a different dispensation. There is a different way. There is a different mode. Does that mean God cannot work? And that's where the differentiation is. So some people will say, God in no way, shape, or form will use a prophecy, and I completely disagree with that. Let me explain from this verse that we just looked at, and then we'll wrap up because we're already over time. It says here, as for prophecies, they will pass away. See, prophecies, they'll, they'll pass away. We don't have any more prophecies anymore. Because what they do is they say, tongues will cease, prophecies will cease, knowledge will pass away. FYI, knowledge has not passed away. <laughs> just saying, guys. Um, and it says down, for we know in part, 
we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. That's the hinge pin verse. People who will say there are no such things as prophecies at all, any way, shape, or form, say that the perfect was the scripture. That is not true. The perfect is the final coming of Christ. That's where the difference is. How do I know this? He goes on and gives some examples. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish things. And we all can understand that. Four, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Do we see through a mirror dimly? Do we look at the world through a glass darkly? Yes. That's where we are. We can't understand all the things going on. We can't spot the spiritual warfare around us with our eyes. We can only know it when we are attuned with Christ. Okay, that perfect has not come. We are still looking through a mirror dimly. We still do. We don't have a full understanding. We don't have a full revelation. We don't have the complete knowledge of God yet. That is how I know that verse 10 is not talking about the complete canon of scripture. It's talking about something else. Because then we will know in full what is going on. So to sum up, brief summary. No, God's not sending prophets to the land. Don't expect a prophet of God showing up eating, you know, locusts and wild honey to go into the White House and tell President Biden how much he's screwing up. Don't expect that. God doesn't send that type of prophet because we have the complete canon of Scripture. As Lazarus and uh, not the Lazarus raised from the dead, but but the rich man and Lazarus uh, in the parable, you know, the rich man says, go and, and tell my brother, send somebody to tell my brother. He says, no, they have Moses and the prophets. In other words, they have the scripture. We have what we need for revelation. We have what we need to understand what Christ is. We don't need prophets anymore. But all prophecy is not ceased because the perfect has not yet come. We're not going to have prophets coming to our land like an Isaiah or whatever else. By the way, most prophets, though, only had one vision. Okay? If you're defining it like that, hey, maybe I'm a prophet. I don't know. Um, I don't think I am. <laughs> I'm not prophet Tom. All right? But here's the point. The ultimate final point is this. God can still speak in visions and dreams. When you experience such a thing, test it. Test whether it is from God. Don't just be like, oh my, I believe it. Something supernatural happened because Satan can do supernatural things too. Prophecies can still occur. Prophets do not. There's our final thought. A little longer than usual, but I think it was good information. Thanks for watching, guys. Have a look over the website, rwalkingchrist.com. Jump out on the mailing list over there. I will be making an announcement on that book probably when I get the manuscript back from the editor, which means that after that about probably about a month or so, a month or less is when it will be available. Jump onto that newsletter at rwalkingchrist.com. It's in the middle of the homepage there and it's in the footer of each page if you want to be uh, updated when that book is released. So with that, thanks for watching guys. I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out rwalkingchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.